Welcome to the Holsey B. Mark radio station. Listen, share, follow. Be part of the journey. Listen to things from cryptozoology, UFO, comedy, music, interviews, Freddy the Free Car Show, and much, much more. Enjoy the show. Two Tales of Lust Lies in from the book Free Women by Lisa Tadeo T-A-D-D-E-O Published by Bloomsbury Out July 9th From First Love Lights Me Up Lini Lini Feels like she's going mad Married to cold and distant head they just, they have not had sex in three months. Even if this is a fact to kiss her, despite her feeling. The relationship is intended and particularly passionate. They met in college and fell in marriage, into marriage almost by accident. The last time Lena was properly in love was in high school with handsome popular Aiden. But with that romance to the part of one social night to enter a party, Lena was raped by three boys despite her drink. When everyone at school heard how she how she had fucked three guys in one night, she ended it with Aiden. She was surprised with Aiden, tracks her down in Facebook, and a moment of two, Lindy, Sunny finds herself drawn into a steamy affair. We meet in hotels, hotels and car parks and have mind-blowing romps, with Lindy finding herself Finding she enjoys sex for the first, first time. She tells her friends about kissing Aiden. Feeling like he lights my Not all of me lights up. Lindy becomes obsessed with Aiden. Her heads for separation. She will drop everything if there was a chance of seeing her lover. Even if he's driving in moles. Just for quicking Aiden's truck. Aiden is also married to kids. I must have sex with Lindy. It's convenient for him. Yeah, but it's not. He doesn't even miss his call back. One occasion, Lindy, around 32, says Aiden shares guilty information about what she'd like him to do to her. He responds by asking her to send pictures. She's annoyed, telling him, him he's just feeling for him. He's just a whore. His response was simply, K. The sex sessions intensifying. Lindy this more and more for Aiden. Will be every response with Gabriel her feelings. Mr. Noble told me to wear sweatpants for easy access. Maggie does not remember how she first met, got close to a te- English teacher, Mr. Noble. He started lingo after class. She, he'd ask her how things were going. He often thought with her aggregate parents. He's like the 29-year-old dirty dad. Daddy too was the only person who understood her. Sixteen, of visiting family in Hawaii, in the summer break, she loses a virginity for a thirty-one-year-old Kibuzi Rigoe. He told a friend that I think when he turns in North Dakota, and some of the summer beats breaks while he's school, everyone calls him a slut, as he feels so alone. Maggie writes a letter to Mr. Noble about what happened, explaining that that this school year might be difficult for her. Next day she tells her she didn't do anything wrong. 
Then over the Christmas break, Miss Morrill starts texting her. She feels like she's texting Brad Pitt. Back at school, Maggie can barely concentrate, feeling his eyes on her every time she's in class. Things get more and more intense. He tells her he doesn't love his wife, Mary, but has to stay for the sake of the kids. Maggie feels like she's in a roller coaster. Sometimes it gets spooked and cools off, and all of a sudden he tells her, I'm falling in love with you. One night, Marie goes out of town for, for what? And invites Maggie to the Mr. Love, that's my agent. Marie goes out of town to rock, and Mr. Love, that's my agent, takes Maggie to the house. As the kids are, he kisses her while the two sons are sleeping upstairs. He moves to the spare bedroom where Adrian performs a sex act, giving Maggie her first orgasm. He tries to unbuckle his trousers, but he stops her, saying he wants her to wait until she's 18. The affair gets more and more passionate, though it's limited to empty classrooms and cars. Where, where is he? Touches her intimately. He touches her intimately. She starts wearing sweatpants because he tells her they are easy access. Aaron tells her all kinds of rules for Megan. He must never call, text her first. He must wait for him to contact her. She has to delete all his tests. He tells her, gives her a set by its number. He asks her to put in her phone so she knows never to answer it if he calls. <clears throat> he never, never gets an answer. She calls. He tells her that he loves and she is set with him. Maggie's other session is Twilight Film Noodles and about the fit of the love of a girl and a vampire. Thinks that it's a parallel for their relationship. Gives Aaron a copy of the book. A week later, he turns it full of post-it notes. I want to be alone with my potential saviour. Bella, the human girl, says of a vampire lover, Adrian's notes aside, reads, Is this how you feel about me? Hey, another paragraph is highlighted. Aside it, a note says, About condition, like your love. Adrian has sprayed a book with his cologne, on her, because he knows she loves the way it smells. On the way, on the day of his 30th birthday, Maggie breaks the rules and texts Aaron first. It's 8am when he's in the shower. An hour later, he rings her. It's over, he says. Maggie saw your text, and now it's over. Begins an intensely painful break, great heartbreak. Then cuts Maggie off his life. She graduates from high school, but drops into college, struggling, depression, and heavy drinking. At 21, he sees on Facebook, Aaron is named Teacher of the Year. Of course, appears, and suddenly snaps. He finally decides to report him to the police. Five days later, after he does so, her father commits suicide. A court case follows, and all the aspects of 20-year-old Maggie's private and sex life seem to be on trial. Will the trial believe the damaged girl or the hero teacher, Adrian Connell? He likes to watch me bed others. Sloane is cool, confident, beautiful and wealthy. She comes from money, and over, and ever since she was a teen, she's been seducing everyone she wants, man or woman. 
while they were walking in a restaurant for fun, he falls for the super talented chef, Richard, and by the time she's 25, they are married. They move to an all-inclusive oceanfront enclave in North England, open a stylish restaurant in their own. So on the 21st birthday, a couple bring another person into their bedroom. First time, her name is Karen, and she's a waitress at a restaurant. Though Sloane is turned out on at first, she freaks out when she's Richard and Karen having sex. But the experience does not stop their experimentation with third parties in the bedroom. In the years that follow, they often invite other persons to join them. Usually a man, it turns Richard on. He's working and encouraging Sloane to sleep with other men. As long as she's seen him text and video updates, Richard uses selects a man, dropping to conversation. Are they taking the kids to school? Sloane barely says no. But Sloane, for the man, doesn't really matter. The exciting part is simply the presence. The third person giving Richard what he wants. Sometimes the person's a woman, despite the early experiences Corinne. Sloane prefers it leisure, not being the central of attention. During the encounter, Sloane feels all her worries slip away. But she sometimes wonders if she's weird. And, but then fifty days of grade comes out. She leaves feeling normalised and has left love life. When Sloane enters her filties, she and Richard Slurp begin an affair with Wes, a tall and handsome chef for the restaurant. He has always been a ladies' man, so Sloane assumes Wes and his partner, Jenny, always who works the restaurant, must have an open relationship. Sex with Wes makes both Sloane and Richard the happiest of most filled they've ever been. Wes was a real friend and makes Sloane feel less of a defiant deviant, but Jenny does not know Wes is sleeping around until she discovers a suggestive text of Sloane on his phone. Jenny's fears, and although he does not find out about the reasons, she believes Wes is having an affair with Sloane. Is the last the Sloane the couple ever see or hear Wes Sloan's heartbroken. Year later, Sloane, now 42, runs into Jenny at a supermarket. She demands answers from Sloane. Well, I didn't know why she would hurt her and her children that was why. Sloane longs to tell Jenny it's all Richard's idea. I said, takes all the blame. Sloane's ultimate fantasy is that Richard would share as many daily chores as he has to juggle. But it's never going to happen. So can we she be content with knowing his desires all above all others.